This is season one, episode two of the podcast. I'm here again with attorney Miles Briner. Thank you very much for being here. My pleasure. Right on. You and I have both seen several waves of indictments against the Asian massage parlors. Um, what is unique about the way that the indictments drop for these specific types of charges? Generally, what we're seeing are sealed indictments, uh, which, although legal, uh, they're highly problematic for the defendant as well as for defense counsel because you're unable to ascertain what the actual charges are and, if possible, a way to avoid the charges and enter into negotiations regarding the actual charge defenses. Mm. And on the bail bond side, it makes it impossible to make arrangements for somebody to turn in because you could literally go to um, a facility and they won't have a record of the charges, the indictment, the criminal number, any of that, because it's sealed. It'll just say Jane Doe number one, Jane Doe number two. And Precisely. It's, yeah, it's impossible to actually make arrangements to turn in people. So that's also highly problematic for the people who are good Samaritans. They've hired the good attorney. They're cooperating with an investigation, yet they don't know if they're just going to get arrested at any time. The, the problem is that the, the use of a sealed indictment is to leverage the defendant, get them into custody. There's nothing posted online that their family or their attorney or bail bond company, like A1 Bail Bond, could determine whether or not uh, they're bailable at that time. Keep in mind that we have a 48-hour time clock that's ticking. So the person essentially held incommunicado uh, and this presents a great difficulty for protecting their rights, the right to remain silent, the right to have an attorney present if they're interviewed. And most people, most people will fall victim to trying to talk their way out of custody. And the result is they deprive themselves of an opportunity to fight their case as well as to have bail pending the case. So are sealed indictments legal? Well, sealed indictments are legal. And then uh, they have a variety of purposes, all of which benefit the prosecutors who obtain the indictments. And they work to the detriment of the defense attorneys, more importantly, of the defendants. And it makes it impossible, again, for the defendants to be able to contact family, contact a bail bonds company, and obtain their freedom. Uh, again, it, it's, it's optimally used by the prosecution and by law enforcement to obtain confessions and cooperation from people who feel they've been backed into the corner and lack the opportunity to uh, have a legal counsel and obtain bail in a timely fashion. Since you could really be arrested without notice, um, please explain some of the advantages to having um, an attorney monitor the status of your case or a bail bond company pre-qualifying you just in case something happens unexpectedly. Well, the bottom line is your freedom. Uh, if you have an attorney that's on the case, uh, that's contacted the uh, law enforcement agency that's involved, albeit the federal uh, authorities or state authorities, or the prosecutor's office or the U.S. attorney, at least it puts you in a position to assure your client that in the event they are going to be arrested, you'll be there for them. And that's a huge relief for most people. Most people who are facing this type of problem are incredibly anxious. And they're anxious because it's a void of information. And the key is to get as much information, as many facts as you can, so that the attorney can properly advise you know, the, 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 the client and the client feels comfortable with the decisions they have to make going forward. Hmm. And on the bail side, unfortunately, when you have a sealed indictment, you could technically just get arrested sometime in the morning without any warning. 
Um, having the information and knowing who I need to bail out is critical because you might only get one phone call to your attorney or to your family. And the fact that I might recognize the name, have a file, know exactly that they've come into my office, now we can go ahead, bail them out, and then we'll figure everything else uh, out after. The key thing is to just get them out of custody because nobody wants to be in custody hoping that they could get out. I mean, the most common scenario would be if state authorities are working in conjunction with the federal authorities, the person's picked up on a sealed indictment or a sealed warrant, and then their family can't uh, determine where they are, an attorney, a bail bonds company, and no one who should be able to ascertain the location can find out where they are. And that presents a real problem because that means the, the client is being isolated and most likely manipulated and intimidated by law enforcement so they can obtain a confession that later on most likely will not be suppressed. So in your opinion, is it really necessary to seal indictments, especially with all the unnecessary things that happen no. because of it? There's two sides of this equation. From the defense perspective, no, I'm, I'm adamant that sealed indictments are inappropriate and they only benefit the prosecution. That being said, having been a prosecutor, I can see the purpose behind this. It gives you an advantage. It gives you a, a significant advantage getting the information and possibly a confession and cooperation so that by the time they do make contact with an attorney, it's too late. Mm -hmm. So say you're at the point where you were just named in a report or the police came to your massage parlor and you're just one of the gals who happens to work there. At that point that you are named in a report, what do you think the best action right at that point is? And this is a general principle across the board. If you are the subject of an investigation, if your name comes up in a police report or word gets to you that the police or law enforcement are looking into your activities, your business, your personal life, get legal counsel. Get in touch with the bail bonds company. Most of the bail bond company will want to speak with you. Certainly like A1 Bail Bond, you can go online, fill the information out, and that's critical being proactive. And proactive criminal defense is really critical. And that's one of the advantages of having access to a bail bond company that has an active website, you get the information to the bail bond company. So in the event, in the event you or a loved one is placed in custody, more likely than not, they'll be able to bail them out, certainly if it's a state case. So is it typical for the prosecutor's office to overcharge the people involved in these uh, massage parlor raids? I would say it's a general principle, the prosecutor's office um, generally use uh, overcharging of cases as a principle of conducting business. And it, it's sad, but the reality is that they'll overcharge a case, have a good argument for that, and then later on they know full well they can't prove that particular count or this, they know it's going to get dumped by a court more likely than not. But it occurs and it's used as leverage to compel someone's cooperation. Mm. So the way that, I guess, public safety is being upheld now uh, through these raids of the massage parlors, putting them on the news, humiliating the people involved, is there a smarter way to go after these people? For example, going after the landlord who's letting this business occur on their watch? Uh, historically, um, it's virtually impossible to dictate and legislate human sexual behavior. Prostitution in particular, uh, I'm of the opinion it should be legalized and taxed. In any event, 
It's not. It's a crime to get into a prostitution, uh, a prostitution operation. The attraction for the prosecutor's office in various counties to proceed with these cases is more of a political and social issue. Uh, it looks good. It looks good to the media. It's something that the prosecutors can uh, take to the public and say, look what we're doing. We're uh, the moral barometer for the community, and we're going to uphold community standards. The fact of the matter is, is that to Kauai, for example, massage parlors and strip clubs are part and parcel of our local culture, and it's not going to go away anytime soon. And periodically raiding these places is demonstratively a waste of public funds and certainly a waste of, of the uh, time for the, for the courts and the police. We've done a lot of these cases. You've won a lot of these cases. Right. We've all met and gotten to know the clients who are involved in these cases. I feel as though at a certain level, a majority of them are just collateral damage. It's these older Asian women who are involved in the indictment. You could have anywhere from seven, 10, 12, 15 different co-defendants. When I feel as though there's really just one person they're going after. Well, the, the, the reality is that uh, the prosecutors and the attorney general have characterized this as an effort to what to stamp out human trafficking the fact is and the truth is people that engage in the massage business with the spas and with the strip clubs they're doing it voluntarily and intentionally i've yet to see a single case of anyone arrested or prosecuted for promoting prostitution engaging in prostitution did not do it willingly knowingly and intelligently and they do this for a particular reason there's a great use a number of people that enjoy that particular type of activity and it's in some essence in some sense it's a victimless crime yeah i i just feel bad because i always have these older asian women who are clearly not racketeering because they're not the owner of the spa um they're i guess by the letter of the law engaging in some sort of prostitution activity, even though they themselves are not prostitutes, but they get charged with the big three, promoting prostitution as if they're like these pimps who are beating up women who are mm -hmm. walking on the street and trafficking them between states. Mm -hmm. They get charged with promoting prostitution when it's really just an older Asian lady who answers a door and collects like a house fee. Keep in mind, prior to Hawaii becoming a state, prostitution was legal. In fact, some of the earlier early uh, attorneys working in the state as private attorney generals actually owned some of the brothels here in the islands. The reality is you cannot legislate human sexuality. Prostitution is the oldest profession. That and being a politician. So I know you've had a lot of these cases and I've seen that you've had really good results. Do you have any idea what your record is? Are you undefeated? Have you gotten favorable outcomes every single time? What's your... I'm happy with the outcome uh, in my practice. Uh, it's, I've been successful, fortunately, and I've yet to have any of my clients who have been charged with those cases actually go to jail. So I would say yes. Very good. And I noticed that because I have a whole bunch of files. I usually try my best to uh, bail out all the co-defendants usually because they hire great attorneys like you, and I've noticed, oh, case dismissed, or uh, null pros, or uh, probation, deferral. I, when I close the file, I notice all those, and I just thought it was worthwhile to notice that you are one of the top attorneys that 
seems to always get good results for their clients. Well, there are lots of good attorneys in Honolulu, and we all have the same goal in mind, which is to protect our clients' rights. Uh, the, the interesting question in all these prostitution cases is that the city and the state never go after the owners of the property. And the owners of the property know full well who they're leasing these properties to and what the purpose is behind that lease. Uh, many of these people are uh, well connected, as we say, and uh, their influence goes far, far enough that they never get charged, even though they are, in essence, clearly engaging in a racketeering related business. Yeah, I've always thought if you just went after the property owner and they had the threat of losing their $500,000 you know, apartment or their million dollar building, they would mind the shop, they'd pay attention to who's actually renting, they could rid them from renting and the payout is tremendous. No matter how much cash you can get discreetly from leasing out to a massage parlor and I know that they're jacking up the rates and doing that, Losing your property is never worth it. So I feel like you could eradicate it by going after the landowner, not the poor gals who are working the there. Information, the information on who owns the properties is readily accessible. Simply so go online, you can see who's paying the taxes, who's the registered owner of that property. None of these people are being prosecuted. And it's been a consistent problem with all these prostitution cases that we have women that are engaging in a technically illegal activity but doing it voluntarily. Yet the owners of the property, the people that own these properties, those are the ones that are reaping huge benefits, yes. are never brought into court. And there's lots of reasons to do that. We have civil forfeiture statutes. There are federal and state means uh, to, to stop this if they were serious about it. So my, I submit this, law enforcement and the sporadic and intermittent enforcement of the anti-prostitution laws is really a ruse and is designed merely to garner public support for uh, the, the political ambitions of our prosecutors. Just in general to fight prostitution um, and we all want to unilaterally be against the scenario where a man is forcing a woman to do sexual acts right. and trafficking her internationally or uh, between states. We all want that to never happen. But is there any way that you could think of besides what we're doing now, which is kind of like humiliating people, putting them on the news, you know what I mean? What would be the better option than that? I fully endorse legalizing establishments analogous to what's done in Europe, in Portugal, Spain, in the Netherlands, where you legalize it, you uh, manage it, you require health certificates, um, you have inspectors go in, and it becomes a civil issue, not a criminal issue. As far as human trafficking, we need to go after the people that are, that, are, that are producing child pornography. Not the people that are viewing it, but the people that are actually producing it. We need to go after the people that are forcing young girls into prostitution on the streets and transporting them around the country. And no one's gonna say, think otherwise. Those are the people that need to be prosecuted. But having legalized massage parlors and spas and strip clubs, it's a waste of public funds and the public really needs to stand up and force the legislators to make a difference and change the law. Absolutely. Thank you very much for your time, Mr. Briner. All right.